السلام علیکم ورحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ سولیزیشن ہیز کیلنڈرس اینڈ دیس کیلنڈرس کاؤنٹ دا ڈیز سم کاؤنٹ دم بائی وے آف اے لونر کیلنڈر وچ ہیز ٹو ڈو ود دا سائیکلز آف دا مون اینڈ سم کاؤنٹ دم بائی وے آف اے sun calendar which counts the days as the earth revolves around the sun but civilization has calendars and we count days and we name the days of the week and then we have months uh, lunar months are 30 days and the months of the sun calendar uh, have a different number of days but when you add all the days together it equals one turn around the sun all the religions in addition to having calendars have holy days they have certain days within the year that are somehow set aside as separate and on those days um, the people in the religion do specific things that they don't usually do now in uh, Christianity Sunday is the special day of the week. In Judaism, Saturday is the special day of the week. And in Islam, Friday is the special day of the week. So if you're in all three religions, you can have three special days every week. But I always thought it was interesting how they couldn't agree on the same day that they all had... Uh, different days but if you look at the attendance at mosques on Friday and on churches on Sunday and on synagogues on Saturday uh, the attendance is greater than uh, during the week but on holidays uh, the attendance is much greater Like most cathedrals, during their masses, fill up the first four or five pews on Sunday. But on Easter, the church is full. Um, the same way with the synagogues. Uh, on Saturdays, they may have a slight attendance. But on holidays like Yom Kippur, the synagogue is full. And... Uh, In Islam, on the Eids, the holidays of, uh, say, the Hajj or the end of the fast, not only is the mosque full, it's overflowing to the outside. So, why do people come en masse on these few days, uh, as opposed to all year? Well... There is usually connected 
with those days a special understanding that those days are somehow different than the other days in the year. Um, For instance, today in Islam is the 15th day of Shaban, also known as Mid-Shaban. And it is said that on this day, very special things occur. 300 gates of heaven are opened today to allow for forgiveness and redemption. Today, the books of whether life will exist for you next year or death will come to you next year is written. And whether you will have success in the following year or whether the next year will be difficult is all written. Today is a day that when forgiveness is asked for, forgiveness is given. Except for a few heinous sins that you may commit and then forgiveness isn't going for those except if there's real repentance. But the point is that somehow Allah is more eager to hear your prayers these days than in other days and is more receptive to answering your prayer these days than other days. It's also said that the Prophet... Peace and blessings be upon him. Had special prayer that he recited on this day. And he would stay in prayer most of the evening. And one of the prayers he would recite today is... Prostrate before you are my form and my spirit, and my heart is in your safekeeping. I acknowledge your favors, and to you I confess my sin. I have wronged myself, so forgive me. Surely none forgive sins but you. I seek refuge, refuge with your pardon from your punishment and your mercy from your vengeance and your approval from your displeasure. I seek refuge refuge with you from you. I do not tell you your praises, for you are you, and you have extolled yourself. It's a specific way of understanding prayer, that recitation. And the there are a few interesting parts to it, but one of them is... I have wronged myself, and I seek forgiveness from you for having wronged myself. We have two parts to us. 
the holy part and the not so holy or maybe unholy part. And the unholy part of ourselves, the nafs, the lower part, is an enemy to our holy part. Yet it travels with us wherever we are and wherever we go. And it essentially commits wrongs against that part of us, which is the real part, which is the holy part. And we somehow need to get in touch with the concept that we have an enemy inside of us that is ready to strike us and ready to do us wrong and we need to protect ourselves from that enemy. Most people, when they come into situations, look to fix what's outside of themselves. But in this prayer, it becomes evident that we need to fix what's inside of ourselves. I ask your forgiveness for having wronged myself. Nobody did it to us. We did it to ourselves. And somehow, we have to begin to understand what it is we do to ourselves, and then we have to understand why it is we do it to ourselves. And when we begin to understand that, we can begin to make progress towards true repentance and towards a true understanding of who we are. Take, for instance, the uh, situation of a married man who gets a message uh, from an old girlfriend who says, uh, I'd like to talk to you. What should a married man do? A married man should do nothing because responding to that invitation is going to cause you nothing but trouble. Now, of course, you can rationalize a thousand different ways and reasons why you should get hold of that person. But each one of them is wrong and each one of them is a lie by Satan to bring you closer to trouble. Well, we have those kinds of situations in our lives all the time. We have invitations to trouble. And Allah gives us the invitations to trouble. Um, And then we have a choice to make whether we take on that invitation or we somehow ignore the invitation and don't let it affect us. An alcoholic, when he walks by a bar, has an invitation to go in every time he sees it. And if he goes in, his life will change again from being sober to being a lot less than sober. Well, we all have addictions in this world. 
And each one of these addictions beckons us to become re-involved with it. And each of us has a section inside of ourselves that loves one of these addictions. We have a section inside of us that wants lust. We have a section inside of us that wants power. We have a section inside of us that wants fame. We have a section inside of us that wants additives, drugs, alcohol. We have all of these sections that are dormant, but if they're allowed to get to their addiction, they will become the dominant part of our personality and take over who we are. Can you imagine? We have sections inside of us that are dormant, that as long as we keep them away from our addictions, have no consequence on our being, but if we allow them to interact with that with that which they are addicted to, will overrun our entire being. So we need to be protected from our inclinations. And we need to understand which inclinations are permissible and not permissible for self-protection. Because if we don't protect ourselves from these inclinations, then we become in trouble. There's a reason that Islam is said to be the middle path. It's not a path of fanaticism. Addiction is fanaticism. The middle path is moderation. As long as you do things and take things in moderation, then there is no addiction and there is no fanaticism. Watching what you eat is a moderate way to be. Anorexia is a fanatical approach to watching what you eat. And of course, there's the opposite end. Um, It's like that with the world. We are within the world. And the world has all these gifts that are available to us. And all of these gifts are fine for us in moderation. But when what the world has to offer becomes addictive and we become addicted to it, then when that happens, we alter who we are. We become what we are addicted to. And then we have to ask Allah to protect us and to pardon us and to forgive us from the way we have wronged ourselves. It is often said that that which you love is that which will destroy you. That which you love is that which will overcome you. 
that which you love is that which will you will become. And so, if we love the world and any specific aspects of the world, we're going to become those things. But if we love Allah, and if we love Haq, and if we love reality, we have the opportunity to become Rahman and Rahim. And we have to make that choice. And we have sections of our being that are inclined towards God and that are inclined towards that which is appropriate. And somehow, we have to nurture those sections in our lives. We have to nurture that part of us which is obedient to God. We have to praise that part of us which is obedient to God. We have to love that part of us which is obedient to God. And we have to elevate that part of us which is obedient to God. Because if we don't, we will begin paying attention to the parts of us that are obedient to the world. We will begin paying attention to those parts of us that are in love with the world. And as we love the world, we will become like the world. An alcoholic loves alcohol. And he becomes alcohol. He becomes incoherent. And he becomes without the ability to carry on his existence because he's stuck in that one corner of existence. We have to be able to take the world in moderation because everything in the world is addictive. Everything that we see and we touch in the world can become addictive. And we have to constantly, constantly be aware of that fact, be careful of that, and do what we can to alter that. And that's why we ask for the prayer, Allah, forgive us from wronging ourselves so that we understand what it is that we do and how it is that we do it. This is a, this is a, a great step in our understanding of ourselves. You see, we think we can resolve many things by doing something on the outside. But the truth is, we resolve most things by somehow altering them on the inside. I was talking to a woman who was having marital problems recently. And she feels she's under the control. They're separated, but she feels she's under the control of her husband. And she somehow can't detach herself from that control. And she thinks if she moves... Uh, she'll be able to separate herself from him. 
And there's truth to that. If she moves, she won't be within the same proximity of him. But she never sees him now anyway. So what is it that's holding him to her? Is it the distance? Or is it some kind of emotional tie that she has inside that continues to be affected by his essence and presence, even though it isn't with her anymore? And until she changes that internal essence, the external isn't going to change. And by moving the external around, it isn't going to change. Now, pilgrimage is a change of external circumstances. You go from one place to another. But if you don't change what's inside of you, what's going to happen on pilgrimage? You're going to bring the same thing you brought from wherever you came from to another place, and all of the stuff that was in you that you thought about before you went on pilgrimage are going to be the thoughts that you have while you are on pilgrimage. Wherever we are, we travel with ourselves. And if our se- and if we haven't gotten straight with ourselves, movement isn't going to straighten us. We somehow have to alter our internal being. And we have to alter it in a way that is obedient to that which is real, as opposed to obedient to the addictions that the world is throwing out at us. So, in this life, and on this day, we have to ask our Lord to forgive us for what we've done wrong, and to alter our nature so that we no longer wrong ourselves. So that we understand that the acts that get us into trouble are acts that we commit, not acts that others commit against us. And so we must become good actors. We must play the role of the saint in our life. We choose the roles that we play. So why not choose the role of saint, at least as it affects us? Why not choose the role of holy man, at least as it affects us? God has given us this free will to choose. And certainly, no one can tell us how to act like our, towards ourselves. They don't know what's going on inside of us. So when we do our act internally, put on the act of the saint. And make that act become real. Put on the act of the holy man. And make that act become real. Become holy. Become saintly. Do holy things. Do saintly things. And a change will come that will do away with those things that we do that wrong ourselves. And we will enter into a place where we do the things that elevate ourselves, that bring ourselves closer to reality, that bring ourselves closer to Rahman and Rahim. And today is one of the days that 
we are told that the way the cosmos turns is easier to do it than on other days. The heavenly body is open to that kind of interaction today in a way that it's not most of the year. The heavenly beings are all awaiting your coming to that point. Uh, It's said that the angels say today, is there anyone who wants to be forgiven today? Ask! Come! Ask! Be forgiven. So take the opportunity today to ask for forgiveness. Take the opportunity to ask for right guidance. Take the opportunity to ask for a life that is committed to Allah and that understands the truth. Ask for a life of saintliness and holiness. Ask for a life that lives in truth. May it be so for all of us. Ameen, ameen, ya Rabbi, ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa